Madeline from Midwife. David Nance. Seth Graham. Kiaville. Mike from Uniform. Lee Noble. Braden J. This month's label sponsor is Antiquated Future. Based out of Portland, Oregon, Antiquated Future has released some beautiful tapes across a variety of genres. AQ has put out some absolutely classic tapes by Tucker Theodore, Sarah Renberg, Washboard Abs, Rainbow, Sister Grotto, and Midwife. Indira Valley's new tape, Yamas, is a favorite of mine and features beautifully swelling choruses and intricate loop passages. The track Straight Arrows is playing us in. Head over to Antiquated Futures Bandcamp page and support independent artists and labels making beautiful music. Quick note on the audio quality on this. For the first 14 minutes or so during Marlowe's part of the conversation, you hear a lot of echoing feedback ringing in. That was due to my headphones being turned up too loud. I'm, I apologize. I'm terrible at this kind of thing. The rest of the interview is uh, fine. You don't hear any of that. So if you can uh, bear with it for the first 14 minutes. There's some really, really great content that I, I don't want to be overshadowed by uh, an idiot audio technician. I'm sitting here with Slug Death, a Cincinnati noise ensemble, duo. Ensemble's a cool word. Yeah, <laughs> made up of Marlo Salem and Cleo Meyer. It's Sunday, about 12.35. We are on the third story of my house, um, which is going through some renovations, and so we had to wade through a literal sea of tapes to get up here. It was, I think, a pretty... Uh, big moment in my life where I realized the kind of enormity of <laughs> the 
problem I have. <laughs> so all-consuming. Yeah. Thanks for um, walking me through that. Yeah. So my uh, my inspiration for asking Marlo and Cleo to join me for this podcast was there. You know, Cincinnati kind of goes through these waves of really, really great experimental music happening, and then kind of. It, it kind of simmers back down, but I, you know, hearing you all, I've yet to see you, which is weird, seeing that Marlo and I <laughs> play in a band together, but um, <laughs> hearing your, your stuff really makes me uh, really inspired and, and really excited about um, experimental music coming out of Cincy. So we're going to uh, talk to you both individually and then um, come together and talk about Slug Death as a project. But uh, I would love to know, and, and you all can flip a coin of who goes first. Um, growing up, do you remember your first, like, intense experience with music? Something that you can, like, reach back when you were a child or an adolescent where music did something for you that nothing else had? Mm-hmm. You want to go first? I think you should go first if you'd like to. Sure. I can go first. Um... So that's it. I'm trying to think back to the earliest memory, and then I can give you the most notable, which was definitely not the earliest. Okay. So the earliest was probably um, in third or fourth grade when I did like a winter showcase for our music class, and I got a solo, and there was like dance pieces, and it was the first time that they like trusted us enough to harmonize together, and. Um, I just fucking loved being on stage. I loved doing that. I'm an incredibly, generally, and I think when I say this, a lot of people disagree with me, but I don't give a fuck. This is how I feel. Um, I'm a generally extremely shy person and don't, see? <laughs> like, but I am. It is, it's killer for me and it's really difficult if, I do, if I'm not actively doing something that I'm confident in doing. Even if I objectively feel confident in doing it, like, I'm, like, deathly shy and um and I realized that like I'm a really good singer I Mm. really like music I really like doing these things and this is a way for me to do those things and kind of put on this persona and feel good about it and be able to have that outlet um so that's that was my oh I also sang like Kelly Clarkson in a talent show and that was a great shining how, how old were you when you did that it was also fourth grade okay wow all in the same year was it since since you've been gone um, it was <laughs> shoot what was the song no that would have been a good one it was um oh god damn it i think miss independent okay also another good one <laughs> also a great one and it was i was like a fourth grade anthem i am fucking independent <laughs> and um and then i think the more notable experience i had was being um probably I think like a freshman or a sophomore in high school and I got to sing the Brahms Requiem for the first time oh wow and it was a collaboration with like our choir and a couple other local choirs and it was the most people first of all being in a choir is like one of my favorite experiences in the world um that was when I realized like the truly visceral transformative nature of music when performed live with a lot of people and in front of a lot of people and um 
how you can literally just transform a space with it. Um, and you transform the people as a result of it. And like before you get on stage, it's just a bunch of fucking risers on a gym, gymnasium stage or whatever. And then you start performing this hour or so long piece that was really important to me um, because we got to take a lot, we spent the whole year learning it and we got to take a lot of time learning the history and the impact of it. And um, yeah, just that feeling uh, during the quiet moments when it was the loudest, um, when there was nothing happening and everything was just so um, brilliant. Like, I, it's in such simple words, and I can't find a better way to describe it, but that was when I knew um, that that feeling and that impact is what I wanted to keep chasing. I think it's interesting that you said, like, the first time that your choir harmonized was <laughs> uh, something really meaningful to you, because that is something that where music is, like, literally, like, transformed, where all these voices come in mm -hmm. as, as one, and seems otherworldly that that can happen yeah it really is otherworldly and like you can just fucking especially singing you like you don't need anything else you can if you can talk you can sing mm. and then you can just stand anywhere or sit or do anything and just sing with other people and you can fucking create that mm -hmm. like how how does that ha it's just magic it's mm -hmm. it's like witchcraft mm -hmm. and then also listening to the black parade for the first time <laughs> those yeah. are probably my three formative experience what was it about the black parade oh god and how 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 old are you when the black parade came out um how what year did it come out in like 06 or something it was 06 it was 06 i was in sixth grade okay and my aunt got it for me for christmas because i convinced her to and i couldn't buy it for myself because it had the explicit oh yeah the parental <laughs> advisory yeah and i never told my parents about it but i would just like blast it in my mm -hmm. room um and it was just like so there's a meme that I will never forget that's like uh, fourth grade me crying along to some kind of song like about it's like about really intense problems and I'm like what kind of problems do I have is that but As like a, you feel it yeah yeah right and I think just like the cacophony and the screaming and just the emotions and I don't know it's like I'm very maximalist mm. I think and that is a very maximalist it is. album yeah even through like the shittiest little speakers, like the oh, yeah. chorus on like the Black Parade, mm -hmm. is impossibly large. Oh my God, the drop and then the like bring back and I don't love you. Yeah. I don't love you like I loved you yesterday. Yeah, like that moment sticks with me still. I still feel the same things. So MCR maximalism. Yeah. <laughs> translated through the Brahms Requiem. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's all the same when you think about it. Yeah. Fa fast forward yeah, to uh, <laughs> fast forward to 2019. Noise. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's synthesizer through a bunch of pedals through mm -hmm. a bunch. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's all death. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about death. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> which is true. Really I don't is. know the backstory. So when that album came out, I um, had so I l had kind of taken a break from music for two years. It's kind of a weird story, uh, where I only listened to classical music, mm. um, and hearing that for the first time was really disorienting because I was like, this is like, I had started this kind of journey when I was 19 and then when I was 21 when I kind of started listening to kind of popular music again 
and I was just like, holy shit, this is what like the kids are like into. This um, can this is a lot of responsibility because it's so like just all consuming and like massive that I me I mean it just like I only heard a couple of songs but like it like swept me up in it and and it just made me think like with great power becomes great responsibility uh and I was reminded by reminded of um an essay that Tim Kinsella wrote uh in alternative press in like 2008 right kind of in like it's kind of right after the kind of big emo boom um just talking about like the importance of wielding that ability to like manipulate emotions so much because it, i mean i'm sure when you know they wrote it and and when they play it you know it's it's a um, it's a huge release of, of emotion and but it can be very manipulated and, and crafted because we kind of know what the tricks are you know to kind of like sh- hardwire a young person's brain to like <laughs> experience maximalist emotions like all at yeah. once and um and i think there was a lot of bad faith actors during that time who are using it to like you know, like, there was a lot of, like, during that time, there was just, like, a, a, like a, a lot of reading of that era now is kind of, like, looking at it through, like, man, that was, like, a really misogynist time. Like, you know, it was just, like, the outpouring of all this emotion was, like, turned to, like, vitriol that was, like, aimed at, like, a, like a woman, right? Like who, women like, and brown people. Exactly, yeah, like, who, like, did life. them wrong. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I, I think why that album is like such a high watershed and it, granted i haven't listened to the whole album so i don't know what it's <gasps> about but like you're gonna have an on-air listening uh, <laughs> great. uh it, it was addressing like some big themes right yeah. um that I, I i didn't feel like it was like i kind of felt smarmy you know or, or kind of like manipulated when i when i heard it through like a car radio for the first time and like kind of had to like stop and be like damn yeah this is huge also, I will say, like, the last few years of doing Girls Rock, these kids who are 11 through 18, like, that album is still like, is it? their favorite album. Wow. Like, it's generations wow. it's gone through. Wow. And it's still, like, just going as strong. 2006, 2016. Yeah. 2026. 13. 13 years old? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's it's wild to think about like generations are hearing, you know. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Very cool. And so, where did it go from there? So hearing MCR. Uh, it just I, got more emo. Oh, cool. <laughs> which, I'm all, which, as you know, I'm yeah. all about. <laughs> it was a lot of going in a warped tour and feeling like wanting to get right in the center of all the pits, even if it meant me getting beat the fuck up. Mm. Um, because I felt like, A, I needed to do it for myself to be in those physical spaces and B, to like, like I almost like I had something to prove because I was this like short, fat, brown kid, like with like a big cheeky smile, <laughs> like really nice, look, you know, just mm-hmm. like a nice little kid, you know, and uh, I just like wanted to be in the middle of it. I wanted to be where the things were happening. And even if it was extraordinarily misogynistic and I didn't, like, pay attention to it till later. Um, but, yeah, just, like, being in the pits in War Tour for years, all through my teenage years. And then um, 
And then it got really twee and indie. Okay. Like a singer songwriter. I yeah. put out like a an EP on, with ukulele and piano Hell songs. yeah. Um, and then started writing like really kind of like emo ballady music on guitar to myself. And then, um, was that kind of college? Yeah, era? it was. It was. It was like the first couple of years of college. My first band was called Anteater Apocalypse. Nice. Mm-hmm. We still play two of those songs okay is it yeah (laughs) those were the first couple songs i wrote on guitar and we're still playing them that's great Mm -hmm. yeah so those those elements haven't ever changed it's all high emotions high stakes maximalist like notations yeah so how did um what was sheep oh (laughs) where does sheep fit into this that's a good idea uh that's a good question um (laughs) Sheep kind of, Sheep is really, I think, like, a very personal precursor to my work in both projects, like Brindle and Slugduff, because um, it, it has that really angsty, songwritery-esque aspect to it, and, like, making you confront your emotions. Like, there, oftentimes in sets, I'll ask people to, like, um, write out affirmations or what's on their heart or what's on their mind and like bring them up to the front and then I'll like loop it throughout mm. the set um, but it, it's also just like a cacophony of emotions and sounds and looping and stuff like that and then so with Slug Death it's all of the chaos and none of the niceness and with Brindle it's all of the emotions and much less chaos mm. <laughs> nice I like that yeah but it's all, it's all, at the core of it, it's all the same thing. It's making people confront their emotions in the time and space that we're performing stuff. Yeah, you give a really nice through line to, like, the yeah. first, uh, first performance. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, uh, so, Cleo, now we are going to turn the attention over to you. Can you um, remember back to your childhood or even, you know, early adolescence, um, where when you heard music it was uh, an impactful or kind of emotionally overwhelming or just uh it did something that you know nothing else had done to that point yeah i i feel like most of like my earlier experiences with music were through uh like film soundtracks and i think that like it kind of operated in the opposite direction from what marlo was talking about with like maximal emotion and stuff because I know like I was like the first like two soundtracks that I really really remember impacting me as like a kid were uh Fantasia and Blade Runner you know okay and I feel like it's kind of one of those things where um when you watch Fantasia and you see the little like we're familiar with Fantasia yeah Yeah. Yeah. we've all seen Fantasia yes cool 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 (laughs) Uh, it's the Mozart, the Mozart piece with all the little, like, fucking triangles, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's in, I forget if it's in one or 2000, but it has all those little triangles and they're, like, getting eaten up and, like, it's really just this, like, like, dark, dark little piece of animation, uh, but I didn't really, like, process it like that when I was, like, a... Mm. eight-year-old mm-hmm. seeing it or like a nine-year-old or whatever and like i feel like it was kind of like a safe way to process those emotions was mm. through soundtracks mm. you know 
and uh, I feel like Blade like Blade Runner similar type of deal where it's like so far removed from Harrison Ford in that movie uh, to an extent you know but it's like still dealing with really 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 heavy stuff that I didn't quite see at mm. the time mm-hmm. you know uh, so those soundtracks kind of gave you some sort of context or a, a safe place to explore some of those emotions that as a kid are so overwhelming and you don't you don't have the ability to really identify your name yet right yeah, yeah right and I mean I think like you know I was always more interested in like stories and movies and like visual visual elements as well so I think that that just helped to draw me in and and those two things in and of themselves are you know in some ways tied to like the, the music that is behind them like it's hard to think of Blade Runner without talking about the Vangelis score yeah exactly exactly um, and so so soundtracks were important early on can you remember anything moving on from there or, or where you kind of moved from there um yeah I mean I I was you know typical like uh, kid stuff I was forced to take piano lessons okay absolutely hated it mm-hmm. uh, we played we played in a room like like literally you opened the door the door and it like hit the <laughs> piano you know and like just dark windowless room and uh, really just really just fucking hated it and then I moved on from that to play the saxophone okay in school band and I really, really hated that too. Um, but what I enjoyed with the saxophone is I enjoyed that you could like get sounds out of it that didn't necessarily sound like they had to belong to anything, you know? Like you could just, like you could speak into a saxophone and it would make a cool resonant sound that didn't have to have any grounding it could just exist and be cool on its own you know and I think that kind of moved on to like guitar and stuff like that where like I would literally just like hit open strings for like a while in my room by myself just because I like kind of hearing them ring out Mm. you know and I feel like that was kind of yeah that was kind of that and I kind of started down a trajectory uh I was in I played bass in a band in high school like a like a punk jam band okay <laughs> uh and just kind of a punk jam band I've heard the, yeah, it's so exactly like that. fish meets like black flag oh yeah i was i was really 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 into fish in high school what yeah i was super into fish super wow. into like i still like the grateful dead but i was super into fish I and wow. like yeah uh <laughs> no, i'm not saying like why deris no you can say why <laughs> what, what got you into what was appealing to about fish as a adolescent I think, I think in many, I think in many respects, fish was a way. Do you want to get that? Yeah. <laughs> I literally just took a bone away from her, and she just appeared, <laughs> slinking up the stairs with another, with the Identical. like exact same bone. <laughs> I think fish again was fish. 
is about the least emo is about the least emotional music okay that i can think of it's really like like besides maybe like yes mm-hmm. you know and even then like yes had like owner of a lonely heart right and, like, right shit like that where it's like i feel like it was a way to kind of like avoid okay those type of like you know like emotional content and stuff like that and then i feel like as a side to that i it like kind of like scratched various itches that I didn't realize existed until like I started listening to music like outside of fish and was like oh like I can listen to like you know like jazz music and Mm. funk music and like you know like music that sounds kind of meandering and weird with having to listen to these four fucking geeks yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> noodling for yeah hour. noodling for an hour but I, I think that does it is sort of like a good gateway into like beyond the pop song structure oh yeah no yeah. no exactly exactly and I think like there's there's one there's one piece uh, there's one piece that they did on their show on October 31st oh, yeah. 1998 <laughs> and uh it's like were you there no okay. <laughs> no this is, this is just like this is like a bootleg lore. I, I was too a, a bootleg lore <laughs> yeah yeah but um it they end this like kind of meandering funk jam plus minute yeah into this like i honestly still don't even really know like what they're doing or how they do it but it like sounds like an ocean mm. you know like 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 an ocean like it mm-hmm. sounds like a found sound of an ocean mm. and then it somehow makes its way back into it and i think like still almost every piece of music i've ever made has been trying to like recreate that feeling marlo's giving me <laughs> i feel dirty <laughs> all i gotta say it's really fucking good though like it's like the band sucks but it's really fucking good I, I i think this is the first time i'll ever say this but you gotta give it up for fish <laughs> you gotta give it um, up i feel a little uh swindled <laughs> i feel cheated because Clue has such a great story about fish <laughs> if Slug death is a is a means for you to reach fish. <laughs> it's not a means for me to reach fish so much as it is a means for me to figure out how they did it. Oh, okay. okay. You know. Oh, okay. So my, okay. my, my 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 history with fish is I grew up about uh, ten minutes south of Red Rocks Amphitheater, um, sure. so you could yeah. actually see Wait, like Red what? Rocks. Yeah, from okay. from where I from my backyard. Wow. <laughs> and. So, uh, so yeah, so, like, the next kind of, like, my highway exit is here into where I live, and then, like, the next, well, there's, like, two more highway exits, and then there, it's Morrison, Colorado, which is where Red Rocks is, and when I was, like, in elementary school or, or middle school, um, Fish got banned from playing Colorado. They did. Uh, because they, did. they just brought all of these, just, like, people just like descended upon Morrison <laughs> and like yeah I I don't know if some skeezy skeezy people like taking like nitrous oxide yeah and, like, yeah a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of balloons uh, strewn everywhere <laughs> um, and so in my mind like fish was like Marilyn Manson you know what I mean because it was just like 
he, like, he's the only other person that I knew got, like, banned from Colorado. And so, and then, like, I listened to the music, and I, I felt so cheated. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> white boy, like, funk light that, it, that goes on for, like, 20 plus minutes. And they're oh, singing about, like, goo balls and, like... It's got awful. It's got awful. <laughs> just this nonsense lyrics, and I'm just like, this is, like, what's, like, so menacing to, like, <laughs> the state of Colorado that they okay. were banned. But that ocean, Public that crowd. ocean, like, bit... Yeah. ...does sound menacing. Oh, like, okay. It does, it cool. does get to a point where it sounds menacing trey just got into a bad trip all of a sudden I, just yeah no that, that project that that's kind of what it yeah. sounds like and then it like stops and it gets boring again yeah. so it's like you know like wanted to wanted to find and wanted to make music that stayed there you know cool well i i, I like that i like that you can find um like elements of music that maybe m- might not be central to what the person's doing but you're like somehow they struck some secret chord or you know some like yeah. confluence of all these tones and you know it's maybe not what they were intended that's not why they're making the music they're making but it's like you can kind of just like live in there for a little while I, I haven't listened to them in almost like seven years or something like that mm-hmm. except for like the like, like minute 43.09 to minute 47 yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly no it's really <laughs> fucking good so moving on from fish, um, which Please. sounds like it sounds like we are never moving on from fish. We're always we're, fish is your white whale. Fish is like that. That tone is like your, ever your white whale. Toward fish. <laughs> Such is life. I hate that. <laughs> um, so where did uh, where did things go for for you from there? Um, well, I most. retrace retracing so from fifth so from fish like i said you know like kind of making music to hit that goal mm-hmm. um i definitely spent a lot of time doing like visual art and like poetry and stuff like that uh because certain events in my life made making music kind of traumatic for mm-hmm. me involving that first band mm-hmm. in high school mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was kind of one of those things where I had to escape it like entirely. I still listened. I still listened to music a lot. I listened mm-hmm. mostly to uh, jazz and like minimal composition. Like Steve Steve Reich and Terry Riley were like fucking huge for me. Uh, following Fish, and I think that's like some of the like they make some of the like strangest music ever because it's just like super mathematical and calculated but it's also super emotional mm-hmm. you know this is steve reich and terry mm-hmm. riley mm-hmm. Um, and i think like that really kind of helped me deal with some of that stuff even as i was expressing it with other outlets mm-hmm. yeah it, i mean not to go back but it, it does it does kind of it's puts you in a kind of a trance like state no it also kind of brings you bring to it what you want right so like music for 18 musicians like you can completely like zone out or like terry riley stuff you can like completely just get swept up in it and lose time or you can like pay excruciating attention to like every shift and every yeah like 
every time there's a mass like a, a tonal shift that happens here and then all of a sudden like you know five seven minutes later you're in some completely different place um so you said uh, and i i think i i can understand that music being inherently uh, uh, like emotional um but what about it made it um, like a, a, emotional i mean i think a lot of it is a lot of it's contact like okay a lot of it's contextual sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know like you really can't like like different like different trains you know the steve the steve reich piece is uh like one of one of the most like it's just wickedly devastating Mm. you know Mm -hmm. uh just because of how he contextually made it and how the jumping off point for it was were trains like you know trains to concentration Mm -hmm. camps Mm -hmm. uh and but like beyond contextual stuff i feel like it's just one of those things where it's like if you hear if you zone into something that is as repetitive and as minimal as steve reich and terry riley's music then you kind of like hit so it's almost like a meditative yeah 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 where it's like you're kind of you can look in you can look inward you know it's like yeah 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 and it's it's very moving in that sense because it just puts you where it wants you and it holds you there for like Mm -hmm. 20 or 30 minutes Mm -hmm. uh sometimes an hour Mm -hmm. you know and you kind of have to deal with it Mm -hmm. yeah that's I, that's a really good point um yeah it is it, we use meditative a lot like in a i think anytime something kind of gets repetitive or minimal but like yeah. there's yeah I, I i've never i've gotten to points where in that kind of music where it's just like everything's happening all at once where i feel like i've gotten to a different place um just in kind of inside of myself than i have with any kind of other you know loud uh, repetitive thing that's happening yeah so uh so steve reich terry riley minimalism where um where did things kind of go from there did you start playing music after i kind of I, the hiatus i started playing music when i moved back to cincinnati um the like pretty pretty soon after i moved back to cincinnati i uh was in like a one-off band with uh a couple a couple of people who are still really good mm-hmm. friends uh fritz pape and joshua Kruer okay were involved with that project i forget who else was involved in it in all honesty but i remember that they were and uh we played one show at a space that doesn't exist and we started practicing uh like that afternoon okay i think and like that was the first show that I played when I came back to Cincinnati and like through that and through that show I met uh several other friends that I would go on to play mm-hmm. in various bands with for the past like couple years uh I played I played a show with played a show with Marlo yeah we did uh, a, our first uh, select right, edition right, oh, down really? the, right down the street from here actually yeah. really what where was that it wasn't it's like death was not even a, a figment in the ether at yeah. that point, but it was like a sheet set that I asked Cleo to improvise oh, cool. on with yeah. me. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. It was that was it was it was a very 
this that that show in particular um is at my house uh, i don't know if did you ever go to belinda and brody belinda Brad oh yeah my, yeah yeah i booked a show there once um with matthew riles and uh zach larrabee that's right that's right i can't remember who else yeah. that's right uh but yes we it was the first show that we had at that house and it was very notable because uh it was also the week of the election oh in wow 2016 okay and uh don't need to contextualize sure. really yeah, beyond that yeah. i think yeah. you know i think like i it was very it was very like good and very healing to be playing music mm-hmm. with marlo at that show mm-hmm. that was um and sorry yeah Continue. no 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 i i mean just gonna say i think i i think a lot of what a lot of what we do is also like reaching from the seeds of that mm-hmm. definitely definitely mm-hmm. what were you gonna say um i thought i like i totally forgot that was the context of that show yeah and that was probably um one of the most important things that i've played and i felt really fucked up about it going into it and was going to cancel because i was like i just don't feel good about doing something like frivolous or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. in a time of such like mm-hmm. grandiose despair mm-hmm. and then came to the conclusion like that's exactly what we should be doing and it's not frivolous because of the ways that it heals and connects people yeah I'm glad you did it. Yeah, I'm glad I did too. <laughs> and then, um, so twenty, so twenty sixteen, night of the election. Um, when did uh, when did Slug Death actually start as a project? Uh, a couple months ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, May. We started playing in June. We started mm-hmm. July. Our our first show was in June. We started working together in May. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. So tell me what the um, tell me what the, sort of like the musical, like impetus going into it, mm-hmm. and, what, and and if there is sort of a like conceptual framing to the band. I think we just knew that we wanted to play music together again, mm-hmm. and that um, the brief. The really brief interaction of improvising together that we had years before, mm-hmm. like three years ago. The night of the election. Yeah. You wanted to kind of re uh, explore where that could go. Yeah, and I think also just like seeing each other play over the years and just knowing that we wanted to collaborate again, um, and like. Because that was one of the that I that was one of the best shows that I think I've ever played with another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever. We work really well together. Yeah, which I don't. I don't really get along with most other musicians. <laughs> I, I, I'm really, I'm really hard to work I don't, with. It's I don't it's either. it's mostly on me, you know. But I am. <laughs> um, I think we're hard to work with in in ways that uh, complement and challenge each other. Okay. Um, yeah, we. I think I think we really just wanted to collaborate again, and it wasn't even. I think like, all of it kind of started as a, like. 
<laughs> wouldn't it be funny if we did this mm. and then we did it and then it's like wouldn't it be funny if we actually started a band and then we did and then it's like wouldn't it be funny if we put out releases and toured and like played these shows and then we did and it's like wouldn't it be funny if we called it slug death and then we did <laughs> is, is 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 that a way to like make the like your uh intentions like less like like real or or, or was it like or was it like hey like look like, let's start a, wouldn't it be funny if, kind of... <laughs> we had a practice. Your, your music isn't, like, I mean, it's intense, right? It's not it's like... It's really intense. Yeah, it's not like, hey, like we're a jokey band. I like taking myself less seriously. I also, okay. I also think it's playful, though. It is. Yeah. It's I think extremely it's playful. playful. I think, like... Yeah. You know, we... Because we... we're just a bunch of, like, fucking trans dorks making music <laughs> we think is cool. Yeah. Even if it is, like, really intense and serious. I think I, I was writing a, a friend about it, and I was, like... You know, it's, like, this really intense noise project, you know, exploring, like, you know, the body as, like, a political landscape, blah, blah, blah. But also kind of having fun with it. Yeah. Like, question mark. <laughs> We're just fucking around. Yeah. Like, we sample my dog on uh-huh. a song. Yeah. We... Wizard of Oz. Wizard of, Wizard of Oz. We did a full fucked up My Chemical Romance cover set. Awesome. Like, dueling tapes. Bring it full circle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything comes back to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Um, but the name Slug Death, literally, it's because we had, like, one or two practices together where we weren't even, I don't think at the time we were intending to start a full project, we were just wanting to play music together, and then, um, we were like, let's actually start a band, and then Cleo started telling our friends that we were starting a grindcore band, and then I was texting her, and I was like, yo, this is Slug Death, (laughs) ready to rock, and then I was like, wait, I love that (laughs) name. As all good band names start out with a, a joke and a text message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool. So you all started in June of this year. Mm-hmm. Have like May. 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 Okay. Yeah, I think I think May's. Yeah. And then you have like three releases. Yes. Okay. I... Cleo does all of that. I can't count. Um. So t- <laughs> tell me about your all's like recording setup um <laughs> not, 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 not record sorry I, I, not recording setup like our process yeah yeah yeah, yeah. who plays what how do you kind Still of still have the same reaction yeah yeah um who plays what how do you like how do you work together in what ways do you all complement each other as as you perform together record together mm-hmm. um so we just record on my phone. Yeah. We record on my phone in our practice space. Everything is only ever everything that we've ever done has only ever been done once. Cool. All of it is improvised all the time. We would like to maybe I mean we've talked about doing all kinds of different stuff over time, but um there's yeah. there's a synth pop album that yeah. is being yeah. worked on. Yeah. Cool. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, so the first uh our all the recordings that we have up, it's some um so I primarily play synth through a bunch of pedals, and then on on a few of our recordings, Cleo does like a sampler and violin and different noise objects and also a synthesizer, and um, and then I sometimes play like different noise objects. Like we have this cool little box and like different compact mics mm-hmm. and uh, just different tape toys, loop. tape loops, tape, duh. Loop, tape yeah. loops, or the. That's what I do mostly. Yeah. That's the big. Yeah, that was a that was a recent addition though. Yeah, who um, were musical inspirations going into making a project like this? Um, I mean beyond beyond uh, 
fish. <laughs> uh, just the repository yeah. of all twenties. <laughs> all, all all music. Um no, um Nurse Nurse with Wound uh was a big is a big touch point for me. I think it like uh their music kinda touches on what like, you know, Steve Reich and Terry Riley are doing, but it has an element of fear and an element of playfulness that uh, their music doesn't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, that was a touch point where it's like, oh, we can literally do whatever we want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I had none because I don't listen to a lot of noise or experimental. That's I don't great. know who any of these, like, notable artists are it's amazing i've never heard like i don't listen to it when i like i was telling clear the other day like when i listen to music on my own it's like the same six albums on Mm -hmm. repeat and like natasha beddingfield is one of them Mm -hmm. you know like it's i listen to a lot of just like easy pop music because that's what i enjoy singing along to and then the stuff that i actually make like as far as inspiration like it's just fucking us like that's my inspiration for it it's just all the rage and chaos and wanting it's I think my inspiration is chasing like a certain feeling or effect um, in the space or in the audience or in ourselves or in our music their Um, ear for frequency is insane (laughs) like literally insane (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's all it's just um yeah, it's it's the perfect outlet for all of these really fucking deep, terrifying things that I feel mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to kind of like transport it out of my head through my hands into something that I can leave mm-hmm. there is like one of the best things I've ever been able to do for myself. One of our pieces, I came back from a trip um, where I had like done mushrooms on the beach with a friend of mine, and. Um, I was either like having an episode of psychosis or like having a seizure or something where it was just fucking terrifying and um, I just like was waiting in line to go to the bathroom in this fucking restaurant in Fire Island okay. in New York where like just around all these fucking rich like the most money I have ever been around um, in this goddamn restaurant where we had clam- like long neck clams mm-hmm. or something and um, I'm waiting in line to go to the bathroom and I just hear like all it was I like it was almost certainly an episode of psychosis mm. where um i just heard these like battling frequencies so strongly um and it just kind of like burned into my memory and it followed with me like moving through this really slow moving line mm. into the bathroom looking at myself in the mirror and the object where the frequencies were coming from kept changing because mm. it sounded like it was coming from like this ice machine that i was standing in front of or like mm. the paper towel dispenser in the bathroom and then I was like, oh, no, it's just my own head. Like, I'm having a bad trip. This is psychosis. Um, just because, like, I've, we've, like, just dealing with really severe persistent mental illness my entire life, um, it gets extremely scary. And, like, knowing that if I do certain drugs, it can very easily trigger psychosis. Um, and, like, accepting that reality. And then I remember coming back from that trip and going into a slug death practice, and I was like, I heard this thing, and I want to play it. And I did. Like, I was able to recall it so, so clearly and so tangibly. And it's fucking nauseating. It is. Even it's if you're, nauseating. Even if you're I not almost on, threw up after yeah. recording it because it's, like, extremely nauseating. Even if you're not on mushrooms <laughs> in Fire yeah. Island, it's fucking nauseating. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so maybe it's a means to reckon with like my own mental illness. Maybe it's a means to reckon with my own anger. It's just like everything. I think I, I am my own inspiration. <laughs> that sounds so cocky. I am my own inspiration for it. Like my experiences and all the fear and all the anger and all the sadness, like all deep, 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 dark sadness um, that I experience. Like that's, that's what I, that's my inspiration for it. I think that's really cool. I think a lot of people start these projects because, um, you know, they're like, oh, I want to sound like Throbbing Gristle or I want to sound like Merv Dow or something like that. Um, which, you know, it's not a bad thing. I think it's a means to an end. But I, I, I love that you have very little context. <laughs> yeah, like zero context. <laughs> but but, but yeah. that's what I love. Honestly, that's what I love about, like, experimental music and, and noise where sometimes it sounds for sound's sake. Yeah. It's like going back to when you were young and you were, like, speaking through a saxophone. You're like, that sounds cool. Yeah. Like, th- th- there's no other, like, there's no broader you know plan for this it's just like mm-hmm. these are sounds that sound neat and mm-hmm. i and i like making neat sounds mm-hmm. um and yeah it, it kind of i i kind of hate like oh it's childlike because that has like a lot of really negative connotations but it is it's going back to that place where you know there you're you're doing things kind of devoid of context or you know mm-hmm. devoid of any sort of like grander aspirations than than just to make something that sounds cool and does like it is an expression of something that you can't really speak out loud or is kind of ineffable um and can't really be released in in too many other ways mm-hmm. i know i've been talking a lot can i say one more thing about that please okay um, <laughs> i love not talking <laughs> i love talking so this works well um yeah it's it's fucking it's everything so like art for the sake of art is so goddamn crucial. And like, um, I think a lot about the people who, okay, so like, we went up to go see Duster, right? Mm-hmm. And I had this, like, I loved the show and I'm interested in Duster and I liked seeing them and I'm, I'm not mad that we went. Um, but I did have this moment where I was like, did I really just drive my ass eight hours round trip to see a bunch of white guys play guitar? And I did, like, I did exactly that. And like, I've had, I've continually had these moments over my time and experience of seeing these musicians who are so revered and so renowned and And they're fucking boring. They're fucking boring. They're so fucking boring. Who the fuck are they? Why do they matter? Why do they have such a big following? And the one common fucking denominator is that they're white dudes who got a, a $600 guitar as a 12-year-old birthday present. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, who are the people that have access to making these this shit? Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, my synth, my synth is a little pricey, right? But, like, you can find those sounds and, like, for free and mm-hmm. use them in other ways. Like a lot of the equipment that we use is relatively cheap, right? And that's what I love so goddamn much about making noise music and especially being the people that we are making noise music is because you don't have to, it's not like a goddamn special club that you have to mm-hmm. like be a white dude to join. And that's what so much music feels like. And that's why this is so important to me to do especially within the noise and experimental sure scene. yeah like there are some genres that are more heavily uh <laughs> balanced than others and this is one of them where it's like 
we've had such a hard time booking some shows because it's like we want to not play bills with all white guys yeah. and it's goddamn near impossible to find other people in the noise scene and it's like if you're not one of those people like I don't know the the stuff that gets appreciated is less about what is actually being produced and more about who is doing it mm. and um, fucks me up mm-hmm. <laughs> do you see um, kind of go- going on that do you see that changing do you see holes being poked into oh, that yeah definitely yes. I mean yes. we're, we're a hole we're a pretty big mm-hmm. hole we're a very powerful hole I think and I can say that with <laughs> shut up I can say that with confidence I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to put that like I want to put that on my Kingston. Cleo Meyer, she was a powerful hole. <laughs> um, yeah, like poke through her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, like, like I mentioned, I don't know a ton of artists, but the people that I have seen and have the privilege of playing with, like Claire Rousset mm-hmm. and like um, Pedestrian Deposit, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's yeah. the goal. We, we haven't played with pedestrian pot no, deposit, but, but that's the big that. goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, like um, Kristen Aggie, Aggie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Her, 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 that project's that project. amazing. Jennifer Simone. Yeah. God damn it! Like there are so many incredible like improv, experimental, noise, ambient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. So it's too close to call it a paradigm shift but um or it's too soon to call it a paradigm shift but there are notable it will be a paradigm shift yeah notable notable currents kind of happening i think within these these scenes where and they've always happened i think people's attention is finally drawing away from these like Oh, I like them because they're notable because people like them. Right. Swans. Right, 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 right. Fucking swan. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but all of swan these bullshit-ass fans that, like, I grew up, like, am around all these fucking music nerds who are like, oh, this is the best band in existence, and mm-hmm. they're so remarkable, and they're mm-hmm. so, like, groundbreaking, and I fucking listen to them. Why? Like, why? They're not that good. <laughs> like, they're not that good. Yeah. Not songs, that good to garner. Songs is not that good. No, not <laughs> enough to garner the attention that they have. Mm. So. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, I think, like the world in general, I think there's a lot of people who are realizing that there's a paradigm shift and that they're becoming irrelevant, that noise music made by guitar dudes with pedals is becoming irrelevant is irrelevant mm-hmm. um and i think they're starting to push back mm-hmm. you know and i think and and i think it's kind of one of those things where it's like this is still kind of the last you know yeah push and last breach because the music is irrelevant well, and especially just the way that it's being accessed and distributed now, it's just, it completely levels, I mean, not completely, but it levels the playing field on a lot of, a lot of ways. Well, um, and, sorry. I, no, 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 please. And I, and I feel like, I feel like noise, like Marlo mentioned, I feel like noise, mu- noise and experimental music in general, like, um, has been a much easier gateway for a lot of these changes. I mean, like, throbbing 
throbbing gristle, Genesis Fioridge is trans, the, Cozy the, Fanny Tootie, right, you know, the, the, like the touchstone of you know, kind of this Yoko Ono, oh, right? like yeah, it's yeah. like 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 most of the people who have there. done mm-hmm. this stuff, like it's like they've always been there, but it's like it's now hitting the point where it's like not only have they always been there, but they're getting the recognition that sure. they deserve, sure. and it's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. You know, I can definitely say you know as like a cishet white dude with a podcast who runs a label you know who plays Mm -hmm. in a band like that like that pushback is important like that pushback is important because it checks your natural kind of impulses right like it makes you kind of second guess why you're doing things and that's really important um because if you didn't we would still be in the situation that we've always been in of you know like like like-minded uh you know white dudes with guitars who have access to you know, means to play music and learn music, uh, dominating what is, could be a wonderfully democratic, thriving, diverse, mm-hmm. you know, music community. So, yeah, I, I think not only are, you know, that, that paradigm, there's currents, I think, that are, are kind of changing that paradigm, but um, the, the, the pushback, which is not always um, easy to receive, I think is, like, that needs to continue. <laughs> so every time that there is a four band bill with all white dudes <laughs> playing rock music, yeah, like maybe I should um, ask somebody else or just not, yeah, or, or just try harder to, you know. And then you question people and they're like, well, who else is there? Why don't you fucking start a band? Right. It's like, I'm in two. I'm in a million, <laughs> yeah. and there are another million outside yeah. of you and your fucking circle jerk friend group. Yeah. Like, the ah, okay. No, <laughs> I mean, this is this is a this is a yeah. totally safe place to name yeah. the names. <laughs> <laughs> there are more. <laughs> the hundred people who listen to this are you know. We'll come after you anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I'm the one that's going to go down. Okay. <laughs> um, no, we just had a really good meeting about this um, for Girls Rock because that oh, is... Oh, could we, could we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah we can. So uh, Girls Rock is like a nationally, internationally known organization. And um, we just finished our first year in Cincinnati. And um, a huge impetus for us and all of the work like all of the organizers, meaning us and the whole volunteer community, is to uh, create more equity, racial, class, gender, sexuality equity within the music world, and especially within Cincinnati. Cincinnati is mm-hmm. still one of the most segregated mm-hmm. cities in the country. And like we've been talking about, our music scene is just like overruled by all these like hardcore bros mm-hmm. um, who all look the same. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> hey, criticism. <laughs> taken and uh, valid. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. But, um, yeah, where you just can't fucking, you either, like, there's no space for you, and if you try to make your own space, like, you're met with criticism the whole way, and mm-hmm. then nobody shows up, and mm-hmm. you can't gain any traction, mm-hmm. and we're not making equitable spaces for the musicians in our city who are just as much, if not supremely more talented than the people who are getting air airspace sure right and um so just like regardless of socioeconomic status age race gender sexuality 
um, all of it, we try to make room for you to be able to access music and be able to play it and have people come and fucking support you and mm-hmm. listen to it. And so one of the things that we are going to be trying out this year, hopefully, fingers crossed, that we're talking about is um, we're going to be buying a bunch of our own gear and hopefully have like a gear lending program mm. where if you want to put on a show, if you want to try to learn an instrument on your own, like we will lend you our stuff. We will lend you a PA. We will lend you a guitar. We will lend you a drum kit. We will give you space to learn it. We will connect you with people who will teach it to you outside of camp. Um, in addition to camp where that's what we do. That's the whole focus of what we right, do. Right. Um, and then in addition to that, so like working with Price Hill Will and the um, Warsaw Avenue Creative Community Campus that should be coming in the next two years or so where we're partnering with other creative um, nonprofits who want to um, have a have a space and be in Price Hill. Um, we The venues that we used for the Price Hill Fest, we currently own and they're safe and we can That's have awesome. shows. So we're going to try to start a Girls Rock booking collective within the volunteers and organizers and campers and actually if nobody else is going to make room for us we're going to fucking do it we're going to have our own space and nobody can tell us otherwise and actually make room for who and what we want to see because there isn't any and even if you manage to get on a bill um at one of these fucking bars that everybody goes to First of all, it's a goddamn bar, right. and we want to respect sobriety, and mm-hmm. it's not all ages. Mm-hmm. Second of all, um, all of the fucking men who are booking it will consistently, like, not pay attention to you. You'll be carrying in gear, double and they'll be like, huh? Double they'll book. fucking mm-hmm. double book you every single fucking time. Mm-hmm. You don't matter to them, and they don't give a shit about whether or not you want a diverse lineup. Like, they, they just don't give a shit. Mm. They're not, their values don't align with ours. And we don't have any good DIY creative spaces anymore. Like, we just don't. Yeah. I can't name any. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd be playing them. Right. So, that's what we're just making it ourselves. And it's a lot of work, and we shouldn't have to. It should just be that way across the board, but nobody else seems to give a shit unless they're personally invested. Mm. Or it's like they have a mild give a shit. Like a, oh, that would be cool, but I'm not going to put in the work. (laughs) That would be cool. That would be cool, but it's easier to find, it's easier to not do it. Right. Because it is. It's a lot of fucking work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's amazing. Um, I I love that uh, the work with Girls Rock is like continuing on and Mm -hmm. um, young people are being exposed to all of the different aspects of of music. that aren't just about playing instruments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's about booking shows. It's about it's about acquiring, you know, like acquiring buildings to turn into, you know, uh, spaces, you know, where, where people can play music. Mm-hmm. It, it it ties into all of these other things that um, don't get you don't get exposed to until you're much much later in your life. Um, that are crucial to like creating a healthy, positive place where you can actually play your music. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. And our goal is that it's not just a week long camp. It's that we cultivate a strong community. Yeah. I want to see these bands, you know, play regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to Mm -hmm. the 31st is like the next 25th. Okay. October 25th. It's a Friday at the American sign museum. But it's, uh, it's Halloween. 
Yes. That's why. Yeah. Costumes required. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> We're doing a volunteer cover band of women in country pop. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to be great. But, like, yeah, we asked one of our campers to design our poster, and we asked all of our campers yeah, to come and huge. be there and, like, perform and be in community with the people that are supporting them mm-hmm. and really, like, bridge those divides. Because we don't have any all-ages performance spaces, mm-hmm. really. And if we do, they're still at a bar. Mm-hmm. And if they're at a bar, it's run by a fucking misogynist, mm-hmm. um, dresses up in drag for performance sake, uh, doesn't take women seriously, cancels your show uh, that you'd been booked for six months, um, <laughs> last minute, because he found out that the man who he was talking to about booking it isn't going to be there. Name <laughs> <laughs> But we're not talking about any specifics. No, nobody in specific. <laughs> that just sounds like a, uh, comp- a composition of a lot of different people. It's everybody. Right. <laughs> it is a composition of a lot of different people. Right. It's I everybody mean. but one person notably. Yes. Yeah. But also yeah. pe- But also somebody very specific. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, thank you all so much for agreeing to to talk to me. This has been mm-hmm. this has been really. Um, it's been really cool to a lot of this is very selfish for me it's like (laughs) um conversations that you know usually happen in kind of like short little snippets where you learn you know these questions of like why are you playing the music that you're playing um i'm very interested in this but too often we don't have the excuse to kind of sit down and you know shoot the shit for an hour Mm -hmm. but then also like talk and touch on some like really really important things i'm um like i said i i think you all are very very exciting and uh really amazing um new band and i'm really excited to see the stuff that you all continue to do um excited to hear the synth pop record (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) (laughs) it's all up here (laughs) cool well thank you all thanks ryan thank you
Thank <laughs> you. 